Welcome to the Center in the City podcast. I'm your host, Wade Brill, and during this series, I'll be interviewing various thought leaders, wellness experts, and humans on how they practice sustainable self-care and mindfulness. We'll get real and raw, talk about the light and the shadow side of self-care and mindfulness, and how we can actually stay centered amid the chaos and the hustle and bustle of our modern day world. So settle in and get centered. This podcast episode is brought to you by Centered in the City, a virtual on-demand self-care and mindfulness platform with over a hundred different meditations, journaling prompts, nourishing recipes, and Pilates flows, all designed to support you feeling calm, focused, and energized as you live your life in this modern day world. For more information, head on over to centeredinthecity.org and claim your seven-day free trial. Notice how much better you will feel by having a consistent practice to support you staying centered. I'm so excited to have Vadan Ritter with us on the Center in the City podcast today. Vadan and I know each other from our time at UCLA when we did our mindfulness facilitation training program. And she just has such a wealth of knowledge and experience when it comes to supporting people with chronic pain management and using mindfulness as well as other holistic modalities to support people on their healing journey. There's a lot of research and science that demonstrates the power of using mindfulness as a practice and a tool for people who are managing chronic pain. So I wanted to have Vadan to come on and explore and share her wisdom for anybody who is interested in learning more about mindfulness and how they can use these practices to support them living in their body with a little bit more ease. A little bit more about Vadam is that she is the lead facilitator and mindfulness instructor for the Integrative Pain Management Program in San Francisco. She began her exploration and training in meditation mindful movement around 40 years ago. She studied Tai Chi, yoga, Vipassana, Sufi meditation. She is also an awakening joy teacher. And in her public health work as a mindfulness teacher and licensed acupuncturist, she's able to work with underserved communities to make integrative holistic practices widely accessible. So settle in and enjoy listening. Vadan, welcome to the Center in the City podcast. <laughs> Thank you. Such a Such an honor to be here with you. I want to begin by asking, what does it mean for you to be centered? Oh, that's a good, that's a good one. Um, you know, I think Matt, Matthew Brensilver is one of my important influential teachers. And I think one of the things that he often talks about is just that Mindfulness is really this path of integrity. It's really this path of connecting to and listening to the most important parts of ourselves. And so for me, I know it's maybe not a hundred percent your question, but I think to me it's the it's the um, deeper piece of that 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 makes the centering happen. Mm, I love that. So that place of deep listening 
when we can connect inwards, that's kind of what you're saying is like where the, the centering. Yeah. yeah like, like training ourselves to uh, training ourselves to listen deeply and training ourselves to kind of let go of the, the static that all of us have in our daily life situations. Yeah. Static. And what a great word to describe all of the, the noise and the pushes and pulls of, of life. So Vadan, you are in the pain management world and I'm curious, like, how did you get introduced into this world of, of holistic healing and pain management? <laughs> well, I'm a, I'm a licensed acupuncturist and, you know, I, I actually became, I got, I was invited to work in the integrative pain management program because of my acupuncture degree. But, um, but in the end, I ended up doing a lot more um, like therapeutic yoga and teaching mindfulness meditation. And, um, and now I facilitate groups. So I'm like the lead facilitator for, for some of the groups that we do. So that was the that was my that was my entree, and I, I always like to mention that I, in the past, I always found it a little bit reductive and limiting that Chinese medicine was only about pain management. Mm. But when I actually started to be faced with the urgency of people's life situations. Um, it, it totally changed everything for me. It really, it gave, it gave what I was doing with pain management, a, a deep sense of purposefulness. It, it gave me a platform that let all of these different integrative holistic practices that I do come together. Um, yeah. So yeah. the video you sent me and I'll send it, um, I'll post it in the show notes for everybody talked about, they said a stat that kind of blew my mind that chronic pain is more common than cancer, diabetes, and heart disease combined. And that is what typically floods our healthcare system is people going to the doctor because of chronic pain. Mm. And I had no idea that chronic pain was something that faced the American population to that extent. Can you expand on that a little bit more and even just talk about like what chronic pain is? Sure. I mean, I always like to go back to the history because I think up until the 1940s, chronic pain was not considered a diagnosis. It was just like, you know, something you had to get through. And then when they started to medicalize it, it started to get a little bit out of out of balance. But you know, um, I would say that you know, I and I think this goes this goes to um, the reason that some of the practices that we do are helpful. But you know, our our brain nervous system is highly neuroplastic, and so chronic pain happens when your body decides to kind of take a take a easy shortcut you know you have your 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 pattern you you have a instance of pain and then your brain sort of patterns itself so that it's always kind of going to that as opposed to um you know like actually responding to what's happening 
Um, mm. but, so but the anyway, brain gets a little reactive. Yeah. 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 And then, you know, like the, the, um, I think the example that we always use in our program is that, is that chronic pain is kind of like a, a snow, you know, like a snowball rolling down a big hill. And so you start off with your actual pain impulse, and then you add the stories you make about the pain and you add the thoughts you have about the pain and you add the reactive emotions you have about the pain. And, you know, and there is this, there is this way that our nervous system gets hypersensitized around pain impulses. And so all of those things make the pain at the bottom of the hill. It's a giant snowball, but, um, but I feel like that's, I don't know. It's a very, it's a very simple metaphor for, for chronic pain, but I always feel like it makes a lot of sense to me and also um, justifies the reason that a lot of these integrative modalities work. I love that visual. This program that you're working with is very holistic and unusual and it's super holistic perspective that it takes. I'm curious to learn a little bit more how you integrate mindfulness into that and all the other modalities as well. Yeah. Well, I would, I would just say that our, you know, our program is based on a biopsychosocial modern model of chronic pain. And what that means is that social isolation is one of the biggest factors for um, increasing chronic pain. Um, our, you know, our negative emotional state really bears on that. You know, I think that the re the whole thing about the mindfulness, I, I do think it goes back to the, to the snowball image because mindfulness helps us subtract all of the different things that turn pain into suffering. So mm. it, you know, and this, and this can go back to you know, some of the brain science, you know, the, the, when we, when we're activating the prefront, we, you know, when we do mindfulness, we activate the prefrontal cortex and that tends to mediate a lot of the more like the limbic brain, which is, which is the, the part of us that's really, that's stuck in fear, that's stuck in projecting what, what bad thing is going to happen with our chronic pain that's stuck in the, you know, in the stories that we're making about how you know, like the, I mean, I always think that the biggest story we tell ourselves that makes chronic pain hard is, you know, we, we tell ourselves the story like this should not be happening to me. Mm. And I think that, you know, and that's not something you really say to people on the first day that they come work with you, but it's really true. It's just like, we have to just be willing to show up for our experience as it as it is happening and the result you know it's like we need to access our resilience and we cannot access our resilience if we're wishing things were different mm. oh my god that is such wisdom right there that we can't access our resiliency if we're constantly wishing things were different so it's like, how do people, like if, you know, listeners are, are managing with chronic pain, how would you suggest they use mindfulness to support them meeting the moment? Obviously, John, John Kabat-Zinn 
is an amazing pioneer in this field. And he's the whole reason why I'm able to do my work in the public <laughs> health realm. But, you know, I, I feel like one of the most important things that we can do around our chronic pain is to, you know, develop um, self-compassion towards ourselves and our experience. And I like to, I like to front load that because I feel like, like I work in a program that has a really big diversity of, of um, socioeconomic groups and education backgrounds and, and, you know, and also some, you know, some people with drug, drug use histories and just, just, I mean, it's all over the place, but um, I feel like the, the mindful self-compassion is really accessible to everybody. And um, I would, <laughs> I would start there, but, you know, mindfulness itself, it's very, it's a very simple practice. It's just, it's just bringing ourselves back to our present moment experience with, with openness, with self-compassion, with a willingness to be present with what shows up. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. So I, I think that, you know, and I think, I, you know, I think there's really great teachers out there during the pandemic. It's amazing how many platforms are happening out there. My, one of my great, I mean, one of my amazing teachers is James Barres and he, um, he's starting a six week donation based only program. But anyway, I just think there's, I think it's good to find a, a teacher that you resonate with. I, I highly recommend Tara Brock. Tara Brock is amazing. She's really helped me teach to chronic pain and, and the, some of her practices. She has a lot of, she has a lot of self-compassion. She has a lot of, um, she doesn't articulate it, but she really does teach a trauma-informed style of meditation practice. And I should just mention that trauma-informed practice has a massive crossover with chronic pain. Mm. A lot of the, all of the techniques that you use in a trauma-informed practice work really well for someone that has a lot of chronic pain. So mm -hmm. will you highlight a little bit of, for people who don't know that, you know, the difference of self-compassion practice versus just meditation, and then what, what more of a trauma-informed lens in a meditation practice looks like, will you just highlight that for our listeners? Sure. I mean, <laughs> you can say too much about all these things, but, you know, I think with, with trauma-informed, what's really important is you cultivate a lot of choices. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I think that um, I noticed that a lot of people who think they cannot meditate only learned mindfulness with um, a focus on breathing. And with a trauma-informed approach, you you use your sense of listening, you might leave your eyes open, you might use your sense of feeling, um, you might, there's something, there's some really basic things where you, it's called pendulation, where you, um, like if your experience of pain is too intense, you find a neutral place to bring your attention and then you move back and forth between them. And then, you know, um, self-compassion, I feel like, I mean, I've really, there, there is a very specific um, lineage called mindful self-compassion and Kristen Neff is the main proponent of that. And she has, okay. an, she, she's amazing, you know, mm -hmm. and I haven't, I haven't gone as deeply into her 
specific practice. I've gone very deeply into Tara Brock's teaching mm -hmm. and, you know, it's not, it's not officially mindful self-compassion, but I think that she really evokes a lot of self-compassion in the work that she does and, and her particular emphasis or one of her big things is the RAIN practice, which is a process of dealing with difficult emotions. And it means recognize, allow, investigate, nourish. It's a little, it's all these things are hard to kind of go through in a, in a quick, but, um, but uh, no, let me say, let me say one really is like sort of essential poignant thing about Kristen Neff's work. So when we have really intense pain, it usually shuts us down and makes us feel isolated. Mm -hmm. I think what Kristen Neff invites us to do is she invites us to use that place where we're, where we're suffering, where we're feeling pain. She, she invites us to use that as a way to connect with all of the people that experience that. Mm -hmm. And so, I don't know, there's something really, to me, there's something really beautiful and poignant about that. And, um, it sounds, it sounds simpler than it is, but if we just kind of flip our usual habitual thing of like, oh, this hurts so much, I'm just going to like go into in my, it. Yeah. And it feel like I'm alone, shut down. Yeah. yeah. You just said a few things that I want to highlight, like such juicy things. Um, yes. Kristen F's work is, is amazing. And that place where we get to connect to all humanity, having experienced this sort of pain before, or that we're not alone is a really powerful practice when I've experienced it just to feel held like, oh, I'm human. This is part of being human. And it kind of softens, it softens the heart. There's that sense of it's okay, right? The permission, uh, also that sense of not alone, as you were mentioning earlier, how isolating we can be in our emotions or in our pain. Um, and then I also want to, and, and Kristen F also just, she has a new book called Fierce Compassion, which mm -hmm. is really great for people listening who her first book uh, that talks specifically on self-compassion, talk more about like tender compassion to ourselves. Mm -hmm. And this book on fierce compassion talks a little bit more how we can bring some kind of oomph energy, mama bear energy, as she calls it into our, into our lives. And then Baden, you talked about Tara Brock, and I want to just give you a shout out because you actually introduced me to Tara's method of the rain practice because the rain practice has been around for a while. I'm forgetting the original teacher who created rain. Yeah, I forgot. Diana, Diana Winston refer was referencing it in her summer, summer workshop. And I was, I was the first time I ever heard who the original Yes. She was. doesn't get much credit for it. And I'm, and I'm now like blanking on this teacher, but she is out there and Tara Brock was influenced by that work and, and changed the end from non- identifying to nurture. And you really brought that into our group during our training together. And I really loved learning about that. And that, that piece of just nurturing, like asking ourselves, how can we nurture ourselves is so powerful. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It is. Yeah. You also mentioned something earlier about being alone in our pain. And before we hit record, we were highlighting this about how the kind of modern 
world of of well-being is very individualized focused when we're talking about healing or feeling our best versus taking more of a holistic community approach to it. Can you talk to us a little bit more about that and the power that you see and witness in your work when you do healing work in community? Yeah, well, I did a sort of a 90 minute presentation for, you know, for our graduate group, UCLA graduate group. One of the things that I noticed the more I talk about the program that I'm working in is that it's very, yeah, it, it it really goes against our, our typical Western notion of what healing is and what health is. And just as a, as an example, um, you know, I've, I've, I, I really, I'm really, um, committed to doing this work. And I, and I looked around to see, you know, if I could work in other pain management programs and it's all completely separated, you know, you kind of have your, you go to your doctor and they diagnose your pain and maybe they give you some drugs and then maybe you go to a therapist and they talk you through things. And then maybe you go to your acupuncturist, but it's all very, very separate. And so, and so our program is very, very multimodal. It's very, very, it's, it's, it's really centered around the group experience. So you know, people, I mean, this is, (laughs) we've been doing it on Zoom since the pandemic, but, but just a sort of our model is that people, you know, people show up a little afternoon and everyone has some sandwiches and we kind of, you know, kind of chat and, 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 um, and then we, and then we have our, then we have our program and our program always starts off with mindfulness and, you know, usually like 10 minutes of mindfulness. And then we, we have a sort of a group process where people share what their, what their experiences have been this week with pain. Um, and then we do some movement, some Tai Chi or Qigong, and then we have a presentation of the day and then people hang around and, you know, they get acupuncture, they get massage, they, they do, I, I do yoga with people after, after the, the group breaks up. So it's very, it's very relational. You know, the relational part is very important. And even I feel like that intention even carries over to the way that the staff work together because we really collaborate in our, in our, you know, creating our programs. And we always check in with each other after a, a meeting just to be like, how did it go? How's this person doing? What can we do? But I mean, we used to focus more on what we can do better, but we've been doing it a while. So there's, there's less of that talk than, but you know, each group is so different, right? Each groups have very different personalities. And one group is, was really sort of extrovert and funny. And then other groups are just very quiet and the opposite. And so anyway, so it's, um, but yeah, but I guess the, the, the more key point is that, is that we, um, we see the healing process as a, as a, um, as, as being integrative and as being very strongly connected with the, with the, um, the relationships that people form by having this be part of partly a support group. So that's so interesting. You talk about the program being based on bio psychological social model. Mm -hmm. And so it really, the relational P you're noticing is, is super huge. 
And then you talked a little bit earlier about, you know, the snowballing effect of people understanding their thoughts and emotions and the stories that they're contributing to the pain. And then obviously the bio aspect of it being the muscle impact or a tweak or something fractured or whatever's happening inside the the physical body. And so right now, as we're navigating the pandemic and people are feeling really isolated, it's beautiful to hear that there's still community and this ability to find that relational aspect of this program and that you're able to serve people still virtually. Where, like, what would you suggest? what would you suggest to maybe somebody who's just beginning their chronic pain journey? Like where would they just begin? I mean, the work that we do happens through the public health department of San Francisco, the, the integrative pain management program. We do have a website that um, our, our intention in this program is to um, be a, be a model so that other groups can start their own programs. Um, we've actually done, we've actually done, um, we've been part of several studies and they've published articles about us in, in scientific journals and things like that. Um, you know, it's a, I don't wanna be discouraging. I just, I, because I was looking around trying to find more of, of this kind of work, I, I I haven't found as so many organizations that are doing things in the way that we're doing it. Mm -hmm. But, you know, I would, that's, that's what I would look for though. I would look for, you know, a group that has integrative, integrative medicine as part of it. I would have, I would look for a group that, that does have a support group component to it. Cause this is huge. Mm -hmm. um, I think mindfulness is huge. I mean, it's really, I mean, I, I started off in our program, um, we had a Zen priest who was doing the mindfulness teaching when I first got there and I was doing the, the yoga and the Qigong. And I mean, I saw how people practicing mindfulness, it changed their reality. So I'm, I really, I mean, it's, I, I always, I love mindfulness and I love meditating, but I mean, I just saw firsthand that, that it really made a huge difference. And this is partly why I'm, I'm, pretty passionate about teaching it because I, I feel like it's just, it works, you know? Yeah, exactly. It's like <laughs> there's science, the science is catching up to the things that you and I and others have felt and experienced through our meditation and mindfulness practices of like, this, there's something in this shit, you know, this is magical. Um, yeah. So like, okay, people can look for holistic programs. It's hard to find, but I'm really hearing they could start with some mindfulness practices. You had mentioned self-compassion practices earlier as well. And this ability to just meet yourself where you are in the moment and kind of drop the shoulds, drop the stories. I'm kind of hearing you, you suggest for people. Yeah. And I mean, um, for example, Tara Brock has an immense amount of free content on YouTube and the, like, she's a great resource, um, for that. Um, yeah, so that, that would be an easy, easy place to start. Um, you know, I found it's a little bit of a tangent, <clears throat> but I was, um, studying to be an awakening joy teacher when I was first doing this work. And um, the, the, 
I mean, it's, it's just a, it's a name of something, but basically it's a combination of mindfulness and the study of happiness. Mm-hmm. And, and a lot, you know, a lot of this knowledge about how we rewire our brains for happiness, how, how, you know, kind of like, um, a lot of practical cues about accessing our neuroplasticity. Um, so I'm, I mean, I love, I love that, that work. And I think that would be really helpful for people that were, you know, dealing with chronic pain. Rick Hansen is the, is the sort of the neuro psychology, you know, neuropsych mindfulness teacher who has some really specific information about this kind of thing too. He's a little nerdy, but (laughs) I, I, I learned, I, I, I got, I learned a lot from him, you know, through other teachers. And now I enjoy going to him as well. But mm-hmm. yeah. And as you mentioned earlier, John Kabat-Zinn's book, Full Catastrophe yeah. Living yeah. is a great resource too. People can check out yeah. and start to learn more. Badan, mm-hmm. thank you so much for being here and sharing your passion and your insights with us and all the work that you do for so many people helping heal and empower them and connect them to each other. Where can people learn more about you if they want to reach out and stay connected? Yeah. So I have a a website, vadanhealingarts.com, plural. And um, also just people can reach me on my email address as well, vadanhealingarts at (laughs) yahoo.com. So... Beautiful. Well, thank you so much for being here. Thanks, Wade. No, it's really such a, such a joy to get to talk about this with you. Thanks so much for listening to the Centered in the City podcast. Know somebody in your life that is managing chronic pain. Send them this episode and share the love. And until next time, stay centered.